What is up, CrossFit Diehard? It's Boz and Ortiz coming at you with the very first episode of the CrossFit Diehard podcast. We are really excited to share this with you. We think it's going to be extremely valuable to you as you progress with your CrossFit career. Um, it's going to cover all different kinds of topics. We're going to have different guests on. Really excited to share this stuff with you. Anyways, today's topic is things we wish we knew when we started CrossFitting. This list was compiled by all of your coaches here at Die Hard, and it's things that we know now after years of CrossFitting that we really wish someone would have shared with us when we got started. What's up, Ortiz? What's going on, Bonds? What's up, everybody? Uh, first thing we're going to talk about, one, don't go too heavy too soon. Don't go too heavy too soon. You have any experience with this? Actually, I do. I remember, I want to say, I was probably like three months in. And I did, I went a little too heavy on a deadlift. I went and tried to get 365. Actually, I think it was during the open. So I was trying to do that RX, that RX uh, deadlift. Well, I don't remember exactly which one it was. And uh, I tried to do 365 and definitely strained my back a little bit. And from then on, I knew I got to go a little lower. Right. So this happens to guys a lot, especially. Um, guys come in, they see you know, what the other guys are doing and they think, all right, well, I, maybe I look like that guy or I'm bigger than that guy or something or other. And they think I should be able to lift whatever they're lifting. And it's just not true. You know, uh, you're going to have to come in and do what you can do. You're going to have to come in, learn the form, learn the technique, and then go from there. Some people are going to come in with a lot of lifting experience. Other people come in with, with really not that much lifting experience and, Something you'll find in CrossFitter that looks are looks are very deceiving as far as telling what kind of shape people are in. Um, you might look like a Ferrari, but you might have the engine of a I don't know a little well, Mini Prius Cooper. or something. <laughs> a little Prius. Some of the Mini Coopers are pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, they are. Though. Carlito, your brother, <laughs> your brother's like a turbo Mini Cooper. Or something. Yeah, 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 true. Yeah. So um, anyway, like going too heavy is. Uh, you know, big thing for guys, and it also leads to uh, leads to a lot of injury. Um, guys come in, especially on the the weight lifts, uh, clean and jerk and the snatch. You know, people just want to throw up some monster weight too fast without really learning the form and the technique. And if you ask anyone that's made it in CrossFit or that is um, pretty successful in CrossFit and been doing it for a while, the, the biggest thing is the form and the and the technique uh, before adding weight. Yeah, definitely. And uh, adding too much weight too soon leads to like really bad, uh, big bad habits, like uh, the snatching with the press outs, um, rounding out your back, uh, not sending your shoulders back, and uh, all kind of bad habits that eventually, even though you have the experience, you, you have these bad habits that now we're trying to overcome, and they're hard to overcome. Right. Yeah, if you develop bad habits in lifting right out of the gate, um, you know, you might think that you're going to lift more weight that way. And you might for, for a little while. You might lift more weight, you know, with using bad technique and not really refining your technique. But soon you'll find that the people that have the technique and that have drilled that technique, all of a sudden their PRs are going to be higher than yours. And they're going to keep growing. Whereas if you, you don't really focus on your technique at all, you might make some quick gains, but then you'll see a plateau that you won't be able to get through. And then you're going to have to come back anyway and learn the technique if you actually want to make any kind of progress. 
I know that for myself. Um, I've always been a strong guy, even before CrossFit, never really was an engine guy. And um, when I started CrossFitting, you know, the coaches, a lot of times they kind of ignored me a, a little bit because I, I was so strong that I could lift a weight that was heavy, but I had no technique. And my, I remember my clean was stuck at literally the same weight for over a year. And it was to the end range of my being able to just muscle it up. You know, I was able to get a certain weight, which was pretty high for the time, but it was ugly and it was, all I did was muscle, 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 and never was able to even grow or, or improve because I had no technique and I, and I refused to work on it until one day I met some guys that, uh, they were just Olympic weightlifters and they they're like, man, we could help you out a lot, but you're going to have to go down the weight. And I did. And when I did, I backed off, took one step back to take, you know, two or three steps forward. Yeah, definitely. I definitely had to humble myself at the beginning in order to progress. And now, slowly but surely, I see I could see myself getting a little cleaner, getting uh, have better habits now, and definitely better overall in my Olympic list and, uh, you know, the deadlift and squats as well. I think a lot of people uh, see it as like a bad thing when we tell them, you know, hey, back off on that weight. You're not ready for that. Like they see it as like a negative thing. It's not a negative thing when we, you know, when your coach tells you that, it's they're looking out for your best interests. It's not like we don't want you to be good at this. You know, we want you to be good at this. We, uh, that's why we're here. So don't look at it as a negative when a, when a coach tells you, hey, maybe you should back off the weight and really – you know, not, not do that snatch where it's, you're pressing it out and you almost hit your head and your feet are so far out. There's no way you could squat, you know, it's, it's, it's for your own good and actually to help you and, and make you better. Kind of leads into the, the next thing, kind of what we were talking about. Um, you know, if you, if you do happen to hurt yourself or tweak something, uh, don't ignore that. Um, you know, biggest problem that I see with people that get a little injury is they don't listen to their body. Um, you know, they they might tweak their back on a deadlift, like you said earlier, and then pretend like everything's okay. The best way to, to fix your back from a deadlift is not to do more deadlifts and, and pretend it's not there. Um, you know what I mean? Definitely some mobility, stretching, and letting one of us know, one of the coaches know. Uh, I do it all the time. I let I ask one of you guys, you know, what's the best thing I could do or how can I change the workout? The scaling or changing the workout is not always a bad thing. It's, it's you know, not making an injury worse or, you know, sometimes I'm not feeling it. Maybe go back down and wait, you know, because um, staying off of something for a small amount of time um, is going to prevent – a bigger injury down the road and then I'm out of the gym or, you know, hurting myself for way longer period of time. True. Yeah. The small nagging pains will become big pains. If you, if you ignore them, um, you know, a little tweak in your hamstring, a little, little, little shoulder issue here, a little back issue here can become something that's big. If you just pretend it's not there and continue on, you know, most, most of your injuries are going to come from what we were just talking about, too. Um, either bad technique, um, 
not taking the time to learn the technique and then doing a high volume of work with bad technique, or maybe you just had too much weight on the bar. Rarely, rarely will you get hurt if you're doing proper technique on a lift. I mean, it could happen, but that is very rare that it will happen. I want to talk a little bit more about something that, that you mentioned. Um, it's okay to modify yeah. scale. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people view that as possibly a, a bad thing or maybe being on the quote left side of the whiteboard is like not cool. It's not a good thing. It's not something you want to do. And it's like, man, that's just your pride talking. You know, pride is what's going to get you hurt. Pride is what's going to limit your progress. You know, if you, if you always try and do RX, even if you know you probably shouldn't be doing RX, you know, you're not really going to make any gains. You know, um, modifying is there to help you get a couple things. One, the, the benefit of the workout. Like if the workout's written for grace, you know, if the written workout is grace, it's 135, 30 ground overhead, clean and jerks. You know, if that takes you 20 minutes to do, you're not doing grace. You know, you're doing 30 singles with a minute rest in between or, or whatever it comes out to be. Grace is meant to be, uh, you know, three to seven minutes in that in uh, anaerobic threshold, uh, anaerobic state. Um, you know, it's meant to be very cardiovascular, not, not uh, muscular strength necessarily, strength training. It's meant to be just foot on the gas and go. Yeah, I, I, I mean, this week uh, I scaled a workout myself. We were, had a workout, three muscle-ups, um, five power cleans at 185, and seven burpees every two minutes for 10 rounds. And I, I went to seven chest bars. You know, I know that gymnastics, pulling is my weakness. So I went back and really worked on those chest bars and pushed as hard as I could. And this got the benefit of the workout. Now I would have been sitting on the rings forever throughout the whole two minutes probably. And I wouldn't and have had to rest yep. in the next two minute interval and you really yep. wouldn't have got And I wouldn't have gotten a workout out of it. So it didn't, it wasn't worth it. But afterward, yeah, then I stood behind and did some muscle. I tried to do some muscle. That's definitely. A, yeah, that's a good thing to do. You know, stay afterwards and work on, work on something you're, uh, you're not good at. Um, so modifying is okay. It's kind of what we're trying to say. Um, and then to kind of wrap this whole thing up, the don't go too heavy, ignoring small nagging pains, you know, it's okay to modify. The whole big like overshadowing thing here that's very important is to not neglect your mobility, right? So mobility is not sexy. Mobility is not cool. People don't like doing it. You know, people don't come to the whiteboard saying, what's the mobility cash out for today? Or, you know, <laughs> you know, like, how long are you going to stay in that banded split, dog? You know, like, <laughs> no, it's like, what are you going to do on the wad? How much weight are you going to do on the wad? Kind of like what people go for, you know. And some people, some people are, you know, perfectly mobile. They have the necessary mobility to do everything that we do. They can get to the absolute bottom of overhead squat, shoulders externally rotated, narrow stance, narrow grip on the squat, no problems. You know, their their back doesn't round on a deadlift. They can palm the ground with their hands, with their legs straight. You know, shoulder mobility is good. You know, 
everything is perfect. I haven't met anyone like that yet, other than you. <laughs> uh, you know, myself, man, it takes me, you know, I don't know how many sets of overhead squats to feel, you know, like I'm actually loose and warm. Um, you know, when I'm doing things right, you know, I might show up to my class 20 minutes early and do mobility. You know, when I'm lazy, show up on time and don't do any extra mobility that I know I need to do. So as far as mobility goes, um, you know, if you, a rule of thumb is this one, if you, if you can't, uh, you can't get into the position that we're asking you to get into unweighted, adding weight is only going to be dangerous and, you know, not beneficial to you. So if your overhead squat has your knees tucked in, almost hitting each other, you're hunched forward, your shoulders are rolled back and your elbows are bent, you know, you really have no business doing a squat snatch. You know, maybe instead of doing a squat snatch, we should power snatch and alternate that power snatch with some kind of a mobility drill for the hips, the ankles, shoulders, kind of whatever you need. Um, you know, that, that's something that your coach of your class can help you out with. How do you, uh, how do you go about doing that? If you have a class, big, busy class, and you have a couple people that need mobility, how do you go about helping them out with that you know, during class? Uh, it always depends on the movement for sure. I try to get everybody on something, you know, whether it be if we're doing some presses and getting the shoulder lacrosse ball, uh, some bands. But if I see someone during the movement that's having some, some trouble getting to a position, I definitely try to stop them, uh, take some remedial action, you know, lower the weight. If, I, if it's not lowering the weight and it just, it's just you could tell they're just not getting that position, then I have them pull aside, get them on a band, lacrosse ball, and try to spend some time in between sets, still warming up. Make sure they stay real nice and light until they can finally get to that position. And then gradually go up and up until they could, you know, either reach the RX weight or where they're scaling at for the workout. True. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, you know, it's not just like a snatch either. Like people always like to snatch. Oh, I don't, or the overhead squat. I don't have the mobility of overhead squat. I just can't, you know can't do it can't I don't want to do it you know it's like well you know it's not just the overhead squat you know people want to jump into kipping pull-ups too which is a whole nother topic of conversation we're not going to go into you know but if you're standing up straight with your butt and abs tight and you can't take your shoulders behind your head you know without arching your back and feeling any kind of shoulder restriction you probably shouldn't be doing a kipping pull-up you know, because that's the backswing and the kipping pull-up. You can't even do it standing up. There's no reason for you to be swinging on a bar where there's outside forces acting, you know, on your shoulders if you can't do it standing up um, with nothing acting on your shoulders. So, again, it's okay to modify. Don't neglect your mobility exercises. You know, ask one of your coaches, hey, you know, I'm really struggling with this. What can I do to get better? Especially if you have the smaller nagging injury that we were talking about. If you have a little injury, hey, what can I do to do this? I think my back's tight. I think, you know, my ankle mobility's not there. I've got a little tweak. You know, we'll be more than happy, you know, to give you something to do to help you out with that, to help you take maybe one step back to take two steps forward.
Yep. So that kind of wraps up that uh, that section section there. Next thing we're going to talk about is uh, more equipment and hands, things of that nature. Um, probably one of the most common questions I get is, man, Boz, my hands are killing me. What do I do about these calluses? Um, you know, I'm sure you've got that question too. Um, I'm sure you probably had that problem when you started as well. The calluses, yeah. The calluses or, you know, what can I do? My hands hurt on these pull-ups. What do I do to make my hands not hurt on toes bar? You know, blah, 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 et cetera. So after, you know, you start crossfitting, you're a month in, all, you know, your hands, you've started to develop these calluses. You decide to like take a step out. You're off the band. Maybe, maybe you've done like 10 strict pull-ups or, you know, you've done some strict toes bar. Now you want to learn to, uh, you want to learn to do the kip. Like the first thing, People always ask for, man, I want to learn how to do that. How do I do that? Then as soon as they do that, what happens? They get these calluses on their hands and it hurts and they get that first rip. Um, when was the last time you tore? Uh, probably two, three months ago. It's been a while. Been a I haven't torn in probably since that awful open workout. 15... 15-2, the overhead squat chest bar workout. Yep. I don't think I've torn since then. And I think before that, it was a long, long time. You know, if you take care of your hands, you're going to be able to uh, not tear every other workout. You know, if you're tearing every workout, you're not doing something right, Just kind of why we're going to talk about this. Uh, a couple things. Uh, one, callus shaver. They're four dollars at CVS. It's like a no-brainer. Must have. Must have. <laughs> they Definitely. sell twenty replacement blades for a dollar ninety-nine. So good investment. <laughs> it's a yeah, very very good investment. They've definitely saved me already many times. So, you know, you got your hands, you got your calluses. Obviously. Um, you need a little bit of callus to toughen up your skin, but you don't need uh, you don't need a ton enough there so it can grab onto the bar and, and rip off. So what you're going to do, you get out of the shower, you grab your callus shaver, just take off that top layer, peel it back, you know, all four, five, six, whatever you have on each hand, and then you should be good. The, you don't necessarily uh, want to do it the day you're doing pull-ups. I wouldn't want to shave my calluses the morning of like pull-ups or toe bar or something. But uh, posting the wads now, so everyone's happy about that. You can see kind of what you're doing the next day. I would do it after I got got out of the shower uh, at night, coming home from the gym. Hands are nice and soft. Don't dig in too deep. You know, peel it off. Should be uh, should be good to go. Um, you ever used one of those like eggs or pet eggs or like uh, like a little callus shaver? Like, like a little, little like the you're almost like sanding them down. Yeah, I've seen that. Some actually. people like that. It's a little more time consuming and you know, it takes more time. I like the shaver better. It's I like the shaver easier. better too. Some people like that though. They don't like the shaver. I, very few people that I've met don't like the shaver, but I feel like you get more off with the with the. Uh, the shaver than you do like with one of those pet eggs or something like that. I feel like you get a little bit more off, um, you know, and then after like the first month or two of like doing bar work, 
you know, and you take care of your hands, you shouldn't be ripping every time. You know what I mean? Like if you're ripping every other workout, you know, that's, that's your own fault. Definitely. Um, you use gymnastics rips? I do. Yeah. I do. You like I those? I like them. I use them for mostly kipping stuff, but I mean, anything strict, I don't use them. So they also have these gymnastics rips you can get from, you know, Rogues, again, faster. Dick Sporting Goods even has them now. Little leather straps that go over your hands for gymnastics grips. I use them. Um, they really, really help to save your hands. You know, they're 20 bucks. I wish I'd have had some. You know, I don't think I got my first pair till like three or four years into CrossFit. I think I've been doing it almost seven now. You know, so those first four years, you know, I wish someone had told me, hey, man, get some gymnastics grips. Yeah. I think I got them like two months in. <laughs> it would have helped me out a lot. That's something like. Definitely. Big question I get. Sure, you do get it too, is like the hands thing. So, you know, taking care of your hands, shaving down your hands, and then wearing the gymnastics grip will help save you a whole lot of pain, a lot of, uh, of heartache, I guess, as they say. Um, next thing is going to be wrist wraps. Probably the second biggest thing that people complain about is, man, my wrist is killing me in the front squat. I'm sure you've... Yeah. It, it seems to be a trend with people who are starting out more than folks who've been in it for a while. So usually like the first two, three months. I know for me, it was big time. It was, uh, everything was new. You know, on the front squat, your wrist going back, the cleans, the handstand push-ups, all that stuff was new. It was it was definitely beating up my wrist for a little while. So until I got the wrist wraps, I was in a little bit of pain for a while. So, yeah, we do that that front rack position quite a bit. Hello. We do that uh, front rack position quite a bit. And uh, got a phone call coming in here. <laughs> a little time out. We do that uh, front rack position quite a bit. And, uh, you know, a lot of us sit at our computers all day long. We sit typing on our phones, you know, and that keeps our, our wrists the exact opposite direction of front rack. You know, we got our, our forearms all tight, and then we ask you to get in this front rack position and stretch them out really bugs a lot of people's wrists. So, um, you know, a couple things you can do with the wrist wraps going back is mobility. You know, you can stretch out, you know, roll out, stretch out your, your forearms, your triceps, and your lats can help you out too. Um, reduce the wrist pain from front rack position. Uh, we do that a lot before front squatting, cleaning, presses, things like that. But those wrist wraps, man, they are a lifesaver. I think I got like five pairs or something. Yeah, too <laughs> yeah. many. I got to have them. Got to have them. In different colors. Well, of course, you got to match. you got to match your shoes. Match you know what shoe. I mean? you got like five different pairs of watch shoes. You can't be having. Right now, I use my uh, wrist wraps mostly when I use the gymnastics grip because sometimes the band on the gymnastics grip kind of pull on your wrist a little bit. So I, I usually mostly use the wrist wraps then. Yeah, you gotta you got to be all decked out, you know. Wrist wraps, gymnastics <laughs> grips, matching shirt, diehard shirt, of course. Of course. <laughs> and as neon as you can get. 
Yeah, so wrist wraps, gymnastics grips, um, you know, uh, people have varying opinions on on a belt for weightlifting. Uh, there's two schools of thought we're going to talk about. One, uh, I wear a belt. I wear a belt once I get relatively heavy. Um, you know, it helps to it helps to stabilize during the heavy lifts, squatting, cleaning, pressing, even you know deadlifts, all that. Um, it helps you know stabilize and gives you something to push out against. Uh, that's you know that's your one side of the coin. Um, the other side of the coin is that some people use a belt for uh, almost like a crutch for their bad form, their bad lifting form. And, you know, if you're, if you're using a belt to save your back because you have bad form, it's, it's not going to work. It might work for a little while, but you're lifting with bad form with or without a belt, you know, you probably will get injured. That's in a CrossFit gym, a Globo gym. It doesn't matter where you are, you know, you're lifting, if you're lifting heavy weights with bad form, that belt's not going to, not going to save your back. That being said, I do like wearing a belt. A lot of people like wearing a belt. It can it can really really help out uh, help you out on your lifts. So that's another thing. Um, but in just getting started, you know, I wouldn't recommend. You know, if you're going to get one or two things, a belt wouldn't be one of them. It would be more the the wrist wraps, you know, the callus shaver, the gymnastics grips. Um, I guess last thing we'll talk about as far as equipment goes is uh, shoes. You know, a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people come into the gym wearing uh, Nike Freeze or you know big puffy running shoes or something. Um, cool thing about this a pretty explosive growth of CrossFit is that there is now shoes for exactly for for what you do. You know, everyday running, jumping, lifting. Um, there's shoes out there for that. You know, Reebok makes the Nano. Just released the uh, the Nano Five, fifth generation. It seems to be the best one yet. I mean, it's made for exactly what you do. Ortiz is more Nike man himself. How do you like those Metcons? I like them. They're nice. They're nice. I, I love them. They're my favorite. Um, I haven't tried them on a rope climb yet because I don't want to get them all dirtied up. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> but. But uh, I'm definitely gonna do it soon. Definitely gonna do it soon. How are they for uh, for lifting and running? What do you like them for? Uh, well, I had the Innovates before, and they seem to be a little too thin. Uh, they were not very good for running. Uh, the Nikes now, I feel a lot better running in them. I feel more stable when I'm lifting. I haven't switched to lifters yet since I've been using the Nikes. Um, I haven't really used the Nanos much, so I can't really talk on those. I've only done the Innovates and uh, the Nikes. But so far, the Nikes are my favorite for sure. Back in the day, I had the Innovates. I really did like them for what they were, you know, at that time. A lot of people really like the Innovates. Um, you can get them really cheap online now, like 40 50 60 bucks. You can get them on uh, several different websites, The uh, those Innovates. Um, they're good shoes. 
especially now, their newer uh, shoes have been more tailored to CrossFit, whereas before they were like a mountain racing shoe. Um, and they do have some shoes that are made specifically for CrossFit. I got some of those Nike Metcons. Man, I did not like them. They made my feet cramp. You know, but there's a lot of people at the gym that have them and really like them. There's a lot of people that have the Nanos and really love them. I had a bunch of Nano 4s and 3s. And, I mean, the shoes, they, they're pretty much indestructible. I mean, I've still got them after having sweat and the Florida humidity in them for two, three years. And they are still working. You know, they haven't fallen apart on me. They're, uh, you know, they're still kicking. I just like these new ones, honestly. feel bad about sometimes about getting them because the other ones haven't fallen apart. But, you know, these new ones are uh, are also very nice. Kevlar reinforced. They're not going to fall apart on you. Um, they got the rope climbing stuff, a solid heel for, for your lifting and flexible front for your running and jumping. Um. You know, that being said, a lot of people like to wear lifting shoes, weightlifting shoes for weightlifting, which more power to you. That's awesome. I have weightlifting shoes. Sometimes I wear them. Sometimes I don't. There's like the whole CrossFit be ready for anything. You know, you got to be able to run, lift, jump, and do all that. And they even have like a hybrid weightlifting shoe slash CrossFit shoe. Um, you know, sometimes I switch into my lifters if we're doing a lot of lifting. It has a raised heel. It's really, really solid. That's what the shoe is actually made for is, you know, weightlifting, any kind of squatting movement. So, you know, it might be something to think about getting a pair of weightlifting shoes to, you know, help out, especially if you don't have the best mobility in your ankles, knees, and hips. It really, really helps. But the goal should be able to, the goal should be able, you know, to, to do anything in your regular pair of shoes. Even if you do keep keep using the lifters for your Olympic lifts and your and your heavy squats, the goal should be able to have the mobility and flexibility, like we were talking about earlier, to uh, to do it in your regular shoes. You got anything anything more on equipment, Ortiz? Yeah, where shoes wise, I when I first started, I had some like running shoes, like some Brooks, and during those deadlifts, they were like really. During that deadlift, I said I had like kind of strained my back a little bit. It was I was using running shoes. I remember, and they kind of shifted. They were shifting a lot while I was doing a deadlift. They weren't stable. And I'm not saying I had the perfect form, but definitely assisted in the injury because so. there's there's squishiness and you're all over the place. Yep, definitely. If you ever had a, a coach tell you to take your shoes off, that probably means you should buy some new shoes. Yeah. <laughs> if, if we're squatting or deadlifting, and your coach says, "Hey, man." You'd be you'd be better off just doing this barefoot. It's probably time to think about maybe getting some getting some new shoes, and um, you know making that investment because it will definitely definitely help you out having the right uh, the right equipment. Yeah, I would say probably shoes is probably like the number one thing that people usually get when, yeah. they, when they start CrossFit. Is usually like they're a month in. And it's, for some reason, it seems like that's their graduating 30-day gift, <laughs> gift to themselves. It's usually when they come in with that second month, it's like, oh, snap, you got some, some nanos. <laughs> nice. You saw, yeah. that, you saw that second yeah. payment come out of your yeah, account. Yeah. It's like, well, I guess I'm doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You show up in them. 
It's Matt still, Collins yeah. with them new nanos. It's still the same like basketball shorts, tank top, <laughs> nice brand new like bright yellow nanos. <laughs> but it's it's pretty cool though, you know, and uh, it's cool. That's, I would definitely say that's the number one thing probably to get that uh, I see people get first. Yeah, if we could have like a, a welcome kit, like. Welcome, welcome to CrossFit Die Hard. Here's your CrossFit shoes, your wrist wraps, your gymnastics grips, your callus shaver. (laughs) This is going to make you, this is going to make your experience here way better. Definitely. I would say that. Yeah. Well, uh, a couple more things. Um, One is nutrition and the other is acronyms. Of CrossFit, uh, we're not really going to talk about nutrition today. That's going to be a whole nother, a whole nother podcast, blog post, etc. You can spend a lot of time on that, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, you can't out train a bad diet. I mean, you just can't do it. Um, so that's something that uh, you know a lot of people have questions about. And we will address in a in a later time, uh, but we're going to finish off. You know, talking about the acronyms, people come in like, what's a WAD? What's, <laughs> how do I do an EMOM? I don't know what that means. Like, you know, there is a lot of acronyms in CrossFit. Um, and, uh, you know, the below this podcast and in a blog post that's going to follow, we will link uh, some of your more popular acronyms like WAD, Toast to Bar, TTB, C2B, DU, K2E, all these things that people say, AMRAP, you know, you're like, what? I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I definitely felt like it was another language my first couple months. <laughs> yeah. There's, uh, there's a lot of, there is definitely a lot of acronyms. I mean, even like names for stuff like uh, burpees and all this stuff was brand new to me. So that power really. snatch, that's the one where I <laughs> squat from the ground with a kettlebell, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely knowing the names of things and becoming more familiar. So we'll help you out with that. Well, like I said, we'll post uh, a list here with this to kind of help you out with the acronyms, um, you know. But to kind of wrap up this uh, things I wish I knew starting CrossFit, most important thing is that you show up. That's really, you know, it, people come, you know, twice, three times their first week, once their second time, you know, second week. And like, man, that shit is hard. You know what I mean? And then just either stop coming or, you know, you know, just come once a week or something. And it's like, man, you're really not going to get the kind of results you're looking for doing once a week. Imagine if you did anything else you wanted to be good at only once a week, it's not really going to happen. Uh, another thing too is, you know, um, uh, people are more successful when they have a friend. So like, if you don't know anyone, if you can drag some, you know, you will meet people at CrossFit for sure. It is very, very community oriented. You know, we're a family, you know, everyone talks to each other, loves, you know, it's one of the main reasons people like CrossFit is like the group. But if you are new and shy, do whatever you can to drag someone in there with you. That'll help keep you accountable to go. Cause it's way easier way easier when you have someone like, Hey, we going to CrossFit tonight. It's way easier to say yes than it is. You're by yourself. You're like, man, that, that new, uh, stuff crust pizza look good. 
I think I'll just do that instead. Stuffed crust pizza or toasted bar. Which <laughs> it's also easier. Sometimes it's less intimidating when when you know you're going to do it with someone else as well. Very you know, true. Someone you, you know. Yeah, because if you know that um, you're not very good at pull-ups, but your friend also sucks at pull-ups, <laughs> and you know, but hey, we're going to suck together, you know, it, 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 it makes the journey a little easier. And at the end of it, you're like, man, we, we did it. You'd be surprised at what you can do and what you accomplish. Um, you know, and teamwork, you know, you always get further, even though the workout is individually based, but, you know, as a team, you, you still get there. So, Very cool. I think that about wraps it up for this time. Um, stay tuned for recap of this uh, blog post. There will be a list of all those acronyms. There'll be links to different wrist wraps and gymnastics grips and callus shavers to kind of show you what we're talking about. And, uh, you know, all the other stuff we talked about will be there as a resource for you. Next time, episode two, look for uh, things like how to stay fit and not lose your gains while you're traveling. Um, and a few other, few other things as well.